Welcome to Project Perseverance with me, Molly Ovenden. You know, it can be so tempting to quit when life gets hard, but the reality is when we persevere, we overcome. So do you want to run your race instead of your neighbor's? Do you want to finish strong and actually get your words from brain to book? Do you want to stay focused when the shiny over there beckons you? Listen in. This is for you when you're struggling and want to quit. Keep the momentum one step at a time. We're in this together. I'm Molly Ovenden, and this is Project Perseverance. I'm so excited about this conversation that I'm about to share with you with one of my coaching clients, Bonnie. She is working on a memoir about being adopted. And one of the things that comes up in our conversation of of coaching today that I'll share with you is how to deal with this non-linear, multi-layered story. And so we talk about what to do with all of this huge cast of characters, how to be factually accurate with telling the story with so many people who are involved. We also talk about how to add uh, sights and sounds and sensory details and emotions in order to add depth to the story. And when Bonnie began this project, before she started working with me as her coach, she, she was very new to writing. And so this is a great conversation for those who are in early stages of writing life story. And one of the things too that's helpful is as you're getting your first draft out, keep in your mind why you're writing this memoir. Why is this important? Who is your reader? Is it for your family? Is it for you? So keeping those things in mind are some of the some of the things that Bonnie and I discussed in this coaching session. And so I just encourage you um, grab a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, have a notebook, or make mental notes if you are driving or running while you're listening to this. Um, pull over somewhere safe or make some mental notes to visit again. There, there's some really helpful tips in here about the writing process and the discovery process when you are writing a memoir. So without further ado, let's listen in to a conversation that I had with my coaching client, Bonnie. Awesome. Well, I am here delighted to have a coaching session with Bonnie. So Bonnie, welcome and let us know like whereabouts you're at. Let's just revisit what project you're working on and where you are today because it's been a little a little bit since we last kind of talked in detail. Yeah, thanks Molly. Um, what I'm trying to work on is a memoir about my journey, my life, and um, being adopted, and then finding my birth parents later on in my life. And it's it's just an amazing story. And so pulling it all together, there's so many pieces and each one of those individuals have their own story going on kind of simultaneously, what was happening in that person's life at the same time something was happening in my life, all of that. So um, 
I think the challenge is trying to figure out how in the world to put that all on paper. And it's not a linear story, it's a layered story. How would you describe where you were when you started? Where I started in June was a blank slate and very green to any writing. Yeah. So what has happened in even just two months is um, grabbing a hold of some of those stories that I, that I do remember. And I, I know one of the things you said that was super helpful was you don't have to start at the beginning. Wherever your memories are really vivid and whatever's coming that day, it could be something in the middle of the story, but get it down on paper. And then you can put all of those pieces together as you go along. That was super helpful. Yeah, that's helpful to hear where you're at and where your challenges are coming up. And I think this is, Bonnie, this is super common <laughs> of especially digging into personal details. Would you say that you're hoping to have a factually accurate account or are you wanting to fictionalize part of of it does it need to be exactly as it happened or where's your stance on that do you have any thoughts about um, it yeah i feel it needs to be exactly as it happened because people that i that know the story that i tell it to say that is unbelievable they can't believe that happened so it really doesn't need any <laughs> any um embellishment because it's kind of amazing as it is and so you're doing research on some of these pieces yes. to your background. So you're, can you describe looking into the family history? Um, yeah, getting dates set. And I realized as I started writing things down that the things I thought I knew, I was like, whoa, I really don't know what date that happened. Yeah. And so um, like my biological father is still living. So I have him as a great resource because he can give me a lot of that information. Um, so that's very helpful. What else? Uh, yeah, some of the research, finding out like where my family was from in Minnesota, even that research, there's cemeteries with birth dates and death dates. So that's helpful too, you know. Um, that's just pulling all of those details together. Okay, great. So one of the questions that you had asked about is, is really strategies and methods for recalling the details, getting emotions out, sights and sounds of, of all of the past memories. So one thing that I think could be really helpful is making a specific, uh, page or piece of paper big or separate document that is for every person that has a significant part in your story okay. or that you feel might have a significant part in your story and first doing a massive brain dump of here's everything that I know or think that I know about this person and their relationship to me in this story and then a second brain dump of here are all of the things that I wish I knew, know that I don't know, and wonder about. Mm -hmm. 
And then you'll be able to start to piece some of those things together to see where the story needs to be told. So in your free writing times when you're drafting, you'll be able to look at the pieces of what you know, mm-hmm. set your timer for 10 minutes or however long your session is, and just write all of the details, everything that comes to mind. And in terms of recording like emotions, sights, sounds of past memories, if you are going into those places, like you said, cemeteries with dates on them, if you are actually able to travel to the cemetery, you can write as who you are now and how you're experiencing that place. And you can cast imagination on what it might've been like at the time of the burial or something like that. So you can bring in your own rich present experience that's going to add some um, some of that depth to it and draw the reader in, but then you're still creating that connection and then you'll be able to bring back from your interviews and research that you've done to be able to connect that way. So while you maybe weren't there during some of these times in the past, because you, I, I think you said you didn't know everybody at the time. Right, yeah. So yeah, so kind of that little bit of history into that story. I always knew that I was adopted. I was an infant, but didn't find my birth mother until I was 32 about. And my biological father just uh, three, four years ago. Yeah, so there was, you know, that's that I didn't know anything up until I was an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I, I wonder about um, who this story is for. Are you writing it as a personal practice and self-discovery that is just an important project? I say just as in simply it is a project for you to be working on that that may benefit others or are you writing it with with a theme in order to help other people that's such a good question um we have talked about that before i think my main goal for starting to write this is for my own children and grandchildren okay i just want them to know the story and and of God's redemption and all of it. So that is the impetus of it. But if I start thinking about, oh, this is for someone who's, I don't, I don't know, we'll just say, you know, contemplating keeping a child or not keeping a child. If I'm starting to think this is for someone who wonders if they've made one mistake in life, if their whole life is going to be ruined now for the rest of their life, you know, here I am pregnant and my life's over. If I start thinking that way, I feel like it changes the way I'm putting the story down. Yep. Is that weird? So if I just think of it as I want to pass this on to my children and grandchildren, and then if it benefits somebody else, fabulous, mm-hmm. you know, but I don't think that's my main goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's, yeah, that's great, Bonnie. That's really really good information to be aware of and 
you're still in the drafting stage. And so I think that if you can have in mind that you're doing this for yourself and for your family and and communicate as much as you can in that regard out in this first draft, then once you have everything out, you can see um, if that still is your ideal reader. Sure. And so there may be, there often is when we write a project and go through it, there often is personal transformation that we go through and we realize, ooh, you know, things get unlocked in us and we're like, oh, this is maybe for somebody else too. That mm -hmm. so-and-so is really relating to this that I met the other day for coffee and opened up to me about this thing and I was able to share about my book, da-da-da. And then you can start to make the the, the revision from the draft to help them whilst still maintaining the integrity of the original purpose. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, great. That makes sense. And in terms of recalling details, um, I think it, maybe you use, like, what would it look like if you used, like, index cards or um, because you're doing so much research. So mm -hmm. index cards, like when we used to go to the library for our research papers. Yeah, the old days. <laughs> yes. You write the name of the book and all of its <laughs> copyright information and the date you accessed it and the page number and all of that. What if you approached this research with these details and anecdotes and emotions. And as you're talking with the people who are still living, as you're interviewing them in the same way, recording those bits and pieces, ooh, I wanna make sure that direct quote from the interview is included. And then notating the time during the recorded interview, the date and that sort of stuff. So that then you have these note cards where you can place them in order. Mm -hmm. And yeah, move them a, around. That's a great idea. Because I think that's what trips me up. I get writing on one page and then I'm flipping because I am writing um, just by hand. I'm not doing it on the typewriter. Yep. Then I'm flipping through going, wait, this piece really goes with this piece. Yeah. And I can't physically put it there unless I just make little notations. Yeah. So having it on a card is a great idea because then I can also move them around. Yeah, sticky notes are your friend. <laughs> and right. so as you're in this creation process, the drafting process, it's so tempting to try to make things make sense. <laughs> but yes. what you really want is to get everything that you possibly can out onto paper so you have something to work with. Then it, when you think of things as you're writing oh, this really needs to go with this other story, use a sticky note and just put with story about dad's birth. Put that in oh, there yeah. and, and then keep writing. Like go do on. whatever you can to keep in the flow. And then you're able to make notes to refer back to when you mm -hmm. then have a, a, a different brain hat on um, your, your kind of um, collecting hat as opposed to your 
uh, creation hat. Yes, it's so good. Yes, because that's what trips me up as I write. I overanalyze. I look back at a sentence or two and I go, oh, wait, that I could write that differently and make it sound more interesting or mm-hmm. and that makes it very slow and laborious and it it stops the flow of my thoughts, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I really have to get out of self-editing as I go. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, that is such a good point. And you are not alone, Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. <laughs> so many people have that. And there are days when, even though I have been practicing this free writing, just get it all out. I've been practicing that for a good 20 years. I still have days where I'm like, oh, I should say that differently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that's okay, but I recognize it. And then I just write it again rather than delete scribble and try to polish it so perfectly. So I would ask you in those times, perhaps could you ask yourself, is it more important to me to make a perfect sentence or to tell my story? Mm, That's very good. And to tell my story would win in that one. (laughs) Yes, definitely. That's really good. And sometimes it could be about time management and scheduling writing time versus revision time versus reading time Mm -hmm. and allowing the different parts of your brain. I think of them as like the thought for me, my creative writing self is like five-year-old Molly who's like playing with her. It's like, isn't it fun? I can't read my writing. It's just fun mess on the page. And then editing Molly is like, um, that's not acceptable. (laughs) And so there's this fight if I let them. Whereas if I say as the, if I myself (laughs) say to playing Molly, you get to play for X amount of time today. And then this afternoon, editor, thank you so much for your eye for detail and your heart for perfection. I love it. I'm going to, after we've cleaned up from our playtime, I'm gonna invite you in to take a look. Oh, that's really good. So if I'm hearing this right, what you're saying is like, even if say I sit down and it's really a time where I feel like, wow, I'm ready to pour out lots and lots of, of getting it out, the detail or the, just the story. And that goes for a while and say I have, I don't know, four or five pages, something. Maybe the next time I sit down, if I don't have time at that moment, I feel more like rereading that and going, hey, how can I make clean this up or make it? So I don't have, so what you're saying is, I don't have to just get it all out and when it's all done and out, then go back to the beginning and edit, right? Yeah, you don't I have to. Some people, that works really well. Yeah. I think because particularly you're in this discovery research process as well as crafting, Yeah. I think that might be really helpful. 
because you're interviewing, you're reading, you're researching, and then all of that is new information to what you've written. And it can be a really helpful practice to simply reread what you worked on the previous session so that you're ready for the for your current session. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. then it can also, if you especially if you've had a bunch of research, to make notes again sticky notes or index cards or whatever you know make a list whatever works for you to say just learned about such and such event on independence day such and such year this event happened in my family make sure i write about that that would work well in here and just making those notes so again then when you're at that you've got that creative part that you're spending time with, then you know that that's a story that you can tell. I love that. I, I feel like that gives me a lot of freedom to kind of go with what I'm feeling that at that writing time, if it's continuing the story and being creative in that, or if it's going back, I get bored with things. <laughs> so I love that you can like you said, flip hats and go, now I'm going to bring out the editor self. Now we're going to play. That's, that's really helpful. Well, wasn't that delightful? Um, I just love, just love my coaching clients. <laughs> so I'm really glad that you're able to join Bonnie and me for a little insider peek at what it's like to have a coaching session with me. So hopefully you've got a lot of notes to help you in your writing process wherever you're at. And if you're feeling inspired that you really do want to tell that story, then I want to encourage you to get in touch visit mollyovenden.com slash coaching and sign up for a strategy call. Let's see if hiring me as a coach is a great next step for you. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Project Perseverance. I'm Molly Ovenden. As a creative writing coach, I work with writers every day who are committed to pressing on through the messy middle of book writing and learning how to share their words, getting them from brain to page and into the hands of those readers who will devour their words. They learn how to show consistently even when the going gets tough all around them. I know firsthand about doubts, indecision, comparison, and imposter syndrome. The yes to today's shiny, easy excitement becomes dull tomorrow when the newness wears off, when an unforeseen challenge arises, and when doubts and negativity creep in. And this is why we need people in our lives to speak truth, refocus our perspective, and cheer us on. So each episode is featuring a variety of perseverance thoughts, lessons, motivations, and encouragement from me as your host, and an ever-changing panel of Perseverance expert guests. Thanks again so much for listening to Project Perseverance with me, Molly Ovenden. 
If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to the show so that you can be notified when a new episode becomes available. And also, it's super helpful to me and to any other podcast you love if you would take a moment to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about Project Perseverance, please visit mollyovenden.com slash podcast. The most empowering thing you can do for yourself is take action. Until next time, happy persevering.